Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 58 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll this week actually be breaking down the AFC South. Now, we kind of promised it last week and then ended up going long. So yeah, we'll be talking about the South. A um, lot of interesting changes in the South this year with, of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick at the Jags, um, and then Houston just in a spiraling sort of turmoil at the moment. So we'll break that all down for fantasy purposes, redraft and dynasty. But with me to break it down, we have Chicks. Hey, hey. And we have Mo. Giddy up. So uh, fortunately, Paul's not available this week, but he should be back next week. He's working on something quite exciting at the moment, um, but uh, I'll let Paul tell you guys about that. So... Um, Guys, we're in the midst of a best ball draft. It's my first ever. I don't know if you've done one before. Well, how's your uh, experience been of drafting for best ball? Because we don't tend to talk too much about best ball. So this is the, the second one I did. I did one earlier in the season as well. And I absolutely love them. I think, you know, for those people that want, you know, who want some skin in the game, but they don't want to have the kind of the hassle of managing their team throughout the season and stuff. This is perfect for you. So I highly recommend people getting involved. Some best ball leagues, you know, sleeper have it now. Basic principle is, you know, you draft your your roster of 30 people yeah. um, and that's it. And then the, the system will set your perfect lineup each week based on your, you know, your full list of 30. And at the end of the year, you know, the, the top point scorer, there's no head to head each week. I mean, I think you might do that, but... Ultimately, the top overall point scorer wins the league, right? So it's you're drafting for high upside, high volatility players, yeah. um, and longer term. You know, you haven't got that ability to kind of manage through waivers throughout the season. So yeah, it's a slightly different drafting experience, and it's great. Yeah, yep. and Mo, it's your first one. How have you found it? Uh, I agree. I love it. Um, I, I've done some uh, last year. I played around with some uh, uh, FanDuel, uh, or it was a DraftKings. Just a couple. Of- little small little uh breast ball tourneys and stuff like that unfortunately i lost them all uh <laughs> but uh i know i mean I, I love the concept it's something that you don't have to ever look at i mean and what's the best what's the best thing you you love with uh you know when it comes to fantasy football and for me it's always been the draft every year and yeah. um and uh, that's 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 one great thing you just draft it have fun with that and uh just you know don't 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 worry about it after that till the, maybe the finals and hopefully you're in the hunt for uh, the championship yeah, and I think I've learned not to assume what the roster composition is going to be because looking at the fact that there's two tight ends every week and then my tight end two is like Hayden Hurst, so I've kind of, <laughs> kind, of kind of screwed up there, I think. But uh, it's, it's anyway, interesting, isn't it? Really, like we talk about um, tight end being a bit deeper than it has done historically. Obviously, your top three or four guys are you know are going to be the the difference makers, but then that sort of range of five to 12 to 14 as it were you know it's all much of a muchness but it really does drop off when you have to everyone has to start two tight ends it makes you really realize there's not a lot of tight ends out there yeah no for sure it does because we talk about we talk about depth but that's normally because there's only 12 starting tight ends yeah maybe some in the flex you're talking maximum of 16 starters probably in a week uh but yeah here you're talking a minimum of 24 let alone when you've got bye weeks and stuff it's going to be a apocalypse when there's bye weeks going on you're going to have all sorts of players as like 
<laughs> scoring tight ends um, in those weeks. Uh, but yeah, really... we'll talk about best ball as well uh, as we're going through the team. So first team up then, Tennessee Titans. I mean, I think they were probably favourites for the division before um, getting in a certain uh, player called Julio Jones. But uh, I don't know, I think that even though the Colts have strengthened, I don't know, my gut feel is that this sort of puts the Titans over the top, but also in that conversation of AFC champions where I think most team, most people have been talking about the Chiefs, of course, and then the Bills. Some people have been talking up maybe like the Dolphins or the Browns, but I think the Titans are right up there. Mo, what are your thoughts on the acquisition of Julio? I love it. I think this, that's just going to just open up that offense. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's great for AJ, um, great for the running game. Um, Tannehill is going to have those elite numbers. Uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, that's, I think that's one thing they've always lacked was was a solid offense. Um, mm-hmm. And granted, the defense is still kind of on there, but like just something you can always, you know, you know, I, I was never actually confident in their passing game, but now it's like, oh, just throw it up there, and hopefully one of those guys will catch it. So, how high do you take someone like? Ryan Tannenhill in a redraft. Where does he rank amongst your QBs now? Um, in a in a dynasty, he's he's moving up there. I mean, honestly, I think he's one of those sleeper QBs. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's he's one of those that aren't really being drafted that early. And I mean, but I I think he's his numbers are going to be solid. Um, I w- I would honestly I think he's going to be a top ten QB hands down this year. Uh, and I think his ADP is probably outside the top ten. So I think you can get great value in Tannehill. Oh, yes, absolutely. he was. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, just trying to look at where he was last year. He's definitely a QB one. Yeah, he, he think he's finished around tight um, QB eight or eight, seven yeah, or eight. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at who was ahead of him, you had Rogers, Josh Allen, Mahomes. I think they'll all still finish ahead of him. Deshaun Watson, who probably won't. Russell Wilson. Um, I can see Tannehill beating Wilson. Kyler Murray, okay, you'd fancy Kyler. But you could be talking about a top five QB. I know that... Well, I think you've got Dak. Dak, Dak. Dak basically replaces Deshaun for me in that. Yeah, true. And then you've got Lamar, Justin Herbert as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, I, I, I can't not see him being a QB one, put it that way. Um, you know, barring injuries or anything. But just, yeah, as you say, the offense is so open now with Julio. Um, in there as well. I just think I think you know he's as you say his um his performance over the last two years he's he's been exactly very sneaky under the radar. You know he's a perfect. This is why you know in a in a one QB league it's so deep. You know he's the kind of guy you would pick up as your starting QB late on. Um, so you would I, I wouldn't reach for Mahomes or anything. Superflex again. I, I still think he's going to get undervalued. You know. You'll happily yeah. start him with your your number one, and you pick him up later on, and then pair him with a, you know, Baker or a Stafford or something. So here's one for you then, because uh, I, I think a player that's not really being spoken about much about is Matt Stafford, but he's at the Rams. Um, they've got a good team. He's got you know much better um, receivers. You could argue uh, just a much better sort of coaching system. Forget individual talent, but just the coaching. Would you rather have Tannenhill or Matt Stafford? Tannehill for me, and it's funny because 
Stafford, all, all, and I know these are redraft leagues, but Stafford's been going higher than Tannehill um, in every draft I've seen so far. But yeah. for me, it's the fact that, you know, he's he's in an offense where he's been there for a few years now. You know, he's the leader of that offense. He knows the system inside out. He's taken them, you know, to the playoff. Like, everything's there. And now they've added, like, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league to help him as, even more. As good yeah. as Stafford is, he's obviously moving to a new team and he's obviously had some injury history as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, for me, if I'm getting Tanhill after Stafford, I think that that's great. Yeah. I, I think one downside with Stafford, um, I think he's going to put up top 10 numbers as well, uh, is um, the defense. I think that defense is going to dominate uh, and I think they're gonna. I think they'll have. They'll have. Um, he won't have to throw as much. So I think on a fantasy standpoint, I think you know you may see more run, uh, run, run, run calls uh, initiated by you know by the coach or. You know, while I think Tannehill, I think one thing Tennessee still lacks is a defense, and some there are gonna be times they're gonna be playing catch up, and that's where I think uh, Tannehill is gonna have to air it out more. Yeah, I think the flip side to that argument might be that. The Titans' DNA still goes through the run first, um, you know, with Derrick Henry. Okay, so, uh, that's true. Yeah. you know, there, there's two sides to the argument. I, I think it's really close. I think it's actually close in Dynasty and in Redraft. Um, and I'd have a hard time picking. I, I, personally, I still edge Stafford just because of the talent. Um, and that's not to say Tannen Hill isn't, but Stafford for me is one of the you know, best QBs I've seen um, in the last sort of 10 years. And consistent you know with bad offenses bad o-line a lot of those injuries were down to not being protected kind of like what andrew luck faced but i i I really like tenon hill for um for fantasy and it's just a shame that in in uh the tbc league um one of the teams in my division has him and julio as a stack so uh in what's already a tough division i think it just sort of makes that harder um for us so uh, discuss Tannenhill, then running backs, of course, you've got uh, King Henry. You've got Darrington Evans, rookie from last year. Donta Foreman, it's kind of sort of fell off the wagon a bit. Brian Hill, Jeremy McNichols, you know, nobody else of note. How high is Derrick Henry for you in your rankings, uh, Chiggs? Um, so redraft... I'd probably be taking Derrick Henry as my third or fourth running back overall. Um, so that CMC uh, Saquon. So Saquon's then... still up there because there's talks he may not be able to make the start of the season. They're saying he's not quite where he needs to be in his prep, right? Okay, that's, that's, the... in, that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen that. So yeah, and that's, that's, that's uh... on the basis that Saquon's fully healthy. Okay. Um, and then Derrick Henry slots into that sort of next with um, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara for me. Oh, I'd rather take Henry over Kamara personally, just because I don't know what's going on with that offense. Um, I think I take Kamara uh, in a full PPR, but mm-hmm. anything that's got point per carry or up to half PPR, it's Henry for me. Um, yeah. And then of the other let's just call them handcuffs because they'd be lucky to get three or four touches a game. Is there anyone you kind of like for uh, best ball, seeing as we're talking best ball? 
Mo? Not really. I know Mo was big on Darrington Evans last year, just as the backup. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of like Evans. I think, um, I mean, again, he's a handcuff. So, I um, mean, you know, that's probably someone, if Chiggs doesn't snipe me, maybe I'll get in later round here or there, um, or Amir for that matter. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's pure handcuff move. Um, I, I don't, uh, it, you know, you know that that whole run game goes to Henry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then um, receivers, of course, AJ Brown, absolute stud since he's been in the league, Julio Jones. If you don't know by now who he is, I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast. But outside of outside of those two superstars, you've got a a few sort of um, unknowns. We've got Adam Humphreys, who was at one point fantasy relevant. You've got Marcus Johnson, who last year had a couple of decent games. You've got the rookie in uh, Des Patrick. You've got Josh Reynolds as well, right? He moved over from LA. So. Oh, yeah. I can see him value there. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah so I actually thought Reynolds was going to be my sort of sleeper guy for this season. Obviously, this is pre-Julio. You know, he would have picked up the sort of number two receiver role there. Yeah. Um, but I think this kind of just torches his value a bit. I agree. Yeah. Is I, there I anyone so. else you'd want outside of julio or aj in any format be it best ball dynasty redraft well i mean R- reynolds is someone i would take um in a dynasty format and obviously just keep him on the bench there because you know you know what julio's injury record's like yeah. um he hasn't probably got long left no um so you're hoping that reynolds sort of carves out a decent sort of role as the, as the number two you know essentially that the future of that offense is aj brown as the number one guy and you're hoping Reynolds becomes the number two there down the line. Mo, anyone else for you? Yep, I think same here. I think Reynolds would be the only guy. Maybe in a dynasty, yeah, in a dynasty, maybe you you know you'd go for the you know Fitzpatrick, uh, but um, in a best ball or redraft, I mean, uh, I think Reynolds would be the only one I would kind of kind of eye maybe. Uh, but um, I mean, I think like I think you said it best. Once once uh, once Julio came over there, just towards its value. Yeah. So here's a question, because I've heard, again, conflicting arguments, and I still can't decide for myself. Does the addition of Julio make it better or worse for Derrick Henry for fantasy? I think it's better, automatically. Yeah. So you still think he's going to get the same volume that he has, yeah. which is around 30 carries a game? I think they will. Um, they're, they're still a run-first team. But they were very efficient, I think, in their targets. And bear in mind, they've lost Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. Now, I don't know what the target share was for those guys, but you assume that Julio will just pick up the slack there. And Anthony Ferks will probably pick up a little bit as well. Yeah. But I think there's enough vacated targets there for them still to be um, heavily reliant on Derrick Henry and the run. I mean, honestly, I, I'm actually also thinking he won't even need as many touches. I think he's he just be pulling off those long runs now that they can't stuff the box. I mean, you have to worry about AJ and and Julio. I mean, yeah, all those safeties are going to be staying back. He'll have ample yards he can pick up. And what are your thoughts on Ferkser? Because again, I think he was being talked about as a potential Q, uh, tight end one before Julio. Of course, Julio, you'd think would eat into some of that target share but they did target him last year uh when johnny was still there so it's it's not like 
I still think he's a bit of a sleeper who's actually got maybe even better value than he did a few weeks ago, just because I think he'll still get in that four to five targets a game sort of range. And then sometimes I think he's great for best ball because I can see games where Fox is getting you two touchdowns just because, you know, they focus so much on AJ Brown and, uh, and on Julio that all of a sudden he becomes the guy that's free. But I don't know, Chiggs, what do you think with the addition of Julio for uh, Ferguson? Yeah, I mean, he was a guy I was trying to target in trades in the off-season pre-Julio. And he's still someone I would I would go for now. And actually, you're hoping that his value's been a bit depressed by Julio and someone just wants to cut him now. Um, you can get him as a throwaway in another trade or something. But as you say, yeah, yeah he, he had a little bit of a little bit of a role last year and I still, you know, they will still use their tight ends. So, um, you know, given the tight end, we're talking about the start of the show, the, the tight end is such a wasteland, depending yeah. on your format and stuff. I still think, yeah, he's going to be a, a valuable player to have on your roster. Yeah. Agreed. Mo, you agree with I'm that? here. I, I think I have a piece of him in IDP. Um, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I would, uh, I'm just a little upset I couldn't get him in uh, TEBC there. Uh, in Thailand's premium, so I think someone else beat me with a higher bid last year on the waiver wire. Uh, yeah, wave pickup. Oh, nice. Did, did yeah, I was trying to get him off him um, pre-draft. Very well. Uh, so then next team up, we've got the Colts. They've obviously got a new QB as well in uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, traded for him from the Eagles. Um, I think Eagles are still paying a large sum of his money, but uh, he was on quite an expensive deal. Behind him, uh, they've still got uh, Jacob Eason from last year. They've added Sam Ellinger uh, from Texas as well. Carson Wentz, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz as the Colts QB, Mo? Uh, the first and foremost, I love their schedule. I think they have one of the easiest schedules for a QB. Um, and because of that, I think he's going to do well. He's with he's he's got familiarity with the coaching staff. Um, I actually like him. I think he's one of those sleepers. Um, I think um, I, he was one of the guys I was targeting uh, this off season, uh, and um, also in best ball as well. I think uh, he's um, he's he's going to fare well on that offense. The only thing I kind of uh, that kind of hurts him is is his, the number the amount of weapons he has. I think he yeah. kind of uh, it would be ideal if he had some you know if uh, the Colts made some acquisitions at the wide receiver. Uh, tight end position, you know, um, it's okay, but um, uh, I, I think that's a perfect fit for him at, at this point. I mean, they got a solid defense. Um, you know, again, he's he's familiar with the offense, and uh, they have one of the easiest schedules for a QB. It's funny you say that because I actually think he's got some reasonable weapons there. Um, obviously, the O line for me is the main thing. Um, great O line, a good running game as well with Jonathan yeah. Taylor, Naeem Himes. So he's got that kind of, you know, release valve there. But, you know, you've got T.Y. Hilton. Um, obviously, didn't have a great season last year. But, you know, we know what he's done previously. Michael Pittman now in his second year. Um, and Paris Campbell's going to be coming back, right? At the slot. So, yeah, I, think, I think Pittman's going to be key. Is, uh, if he can make that big. I mean, I'm, I'm bullish on him. Uh, yeah. if, he can, if he can make that, if he can make that, uh, that jump, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think, yeah, I think Paris Campbell is the one that people have probably forgotten about um, and is going under the radar. Like, he's definitely a guy that, you know, if you can get somehow, that would be great. So I think, you know, his, his talent is there. 
Um, and I think he'll have an opportunity. And I think, I think, yeah, I think that all bodes well for Wentz. Yeah, I agree. And I think people are forgetting. I mean, a lot of the reasons for the struggles were the O-line at Philadelphia and the Colts. I mean, we talked about this last year when we we're breaking down Jonathan Taylor in our rookie content, but that O-line is one of the best in the league. And I saw a ridiculous stat the other day that uh, Quinton Nelson, he's only allowed three sacks in his two seasons in the NFL. Um, so I'm guessing so, you know, just, I mean, they were talking about him being a Hall of Famer before he was drafted. That's how good of a guard he is, you know. So um, he certainly neutralizes a lot of the threat that comes from the, um, from the tackle. And then obviously then your outside guys um, have to do their job as well. But I think once he's going to get time in the pocket, which he hasn't had for a while, arguably the last time he did was when he was on course for potential MVP season before then Nick Foll sort of a, took over and won him a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I really like Wentz um, for fantasy this year just because, uh, as you say, weapons could be better. There's no sort of um, no real wide receiver ones there. You know, you haven't got your archetypal, uh, like your DK Metcalfs or your Julios or, you know, all the Devontae Adams, for example. But I think they can get by. They can get by with what they've got. And the running game is one of the better ones. And Naheem Hines is, I mean, is there a better third down back in the league? I mean, he's certainly up there. You know, he's one of the best um, at uh, pulling out and catching balls and um, just giving them that dimension. And he's uh, also went, so another reason I like him is that he's back with his QB's coach. Uh, and then what, I think he was then the offensive coordinator in Frank Reich as well. Yep. So, uh, a yeah. lot of reasons, I think, to be positive about Wentz. But also feels like this is a make-it-or-break-it year for him now as yeah. well. Um, so I think there's pressure on him, but I do like his situation. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you, if you look at the, the comp, you know, him and him and Jared Goff, number one and two picks yeah. um, in their respective draft class. And both, you know, both have taken their teams to a Super Bowl. Um, but... Look where Goff's landed with Detroit and the situation he's got there, and Wentz. You know he's got. If he if he doesn't perform there, you know I think as you say, it's it's probably going to be time for him. Right, then he'll just be a backup in the league. Yeah, and an expensive one at that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean if he if he performs, then you know you've got a good asset there. I think for for dynasty. Agreed. So then we get to the running backs. I mean Jonathan Taylor. I think when we. Did our rookie re-rankings? He sort of was everyone's, um, you know, RB from last year. But what a class it proved to be last year. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of any of them. But Taylor was great. Swift was great at times. I thought Ceh showed some great flashes as well. Cam Akers looked fantastic. So, where would you have um, Jonathan Taylor in a dynasty startup? Superflex or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, just just in terms of running backs, like where where would he sit in, in the in the order? You know, if you seem like McCaffrey still is your number one running back in the yeah, dynasty. Yeah, for for dynasty, I think it goes McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, for me, just ahead of. I mean, it's tight between Barkley and Cook, but let's just call them the two three. I think it then goes Kamara, just because of his. Um, catching ability 
And then I take Taylor probably next, ahead of even Derek Henry, just because we've seen far too often, even with the best RBs sort of of all time, with that sort of workload, there's going to be a big drop-off. And unless you're a win-now team, I don't think you want to hold a 27-, 28-year-old running back in Derrick Henry. So that's why I'm going for the younger guy in Jonathan Taylor. So probably about RB5, 6, I would say, for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I completely agree with the Derrick Henry comp in that, um, you know, he's getting to that, that point now where you historically you would start seeing production slowing down. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Jonathan Taylor's jumped over Zeke as well for the same reason. Yeah, he's ahead of Zeke. And, uh, you know, I think he's, with his performance, he's jumped the likes of um, Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon and all those guys. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, Saquon, you know, he, he's still got to be up there or thereabouts. But you just worry about the, um, about the injuries that he's shown a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so definitely... Definitely tail up there. And I've said, I've said before that I look at Dynasty from a three-year lens. Or I look at things as a three-year window. And now I think you're inside that three-year window of Derrick Henry. I, I don't think you've got three more years of elite production in him. I think you've got two at most. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is kind of his last fantasy-relevant year in terms of those you know, massive numbers as a top top five running back kind of thing uh, yeah and that's just that's just a history i know he's a physical freak and he's a great athlete but a lot of running backs are and uh it's just well, it's just that age thing i think yeah the other thing people should be aware of obviously is know when to to sell in dynasty right and exactly that i think his historic will show you that you know a drop-off's gonna come so if i had derrick henry in my team and i miss the playoffs yeah. i'd be looking at everything i could to, to try and move him for for future picks or you know a younger player um you know and yeah you may he may still be that level of production next year but you know that window is closing i think yeah so i mean unless you're a win now team you do want to probably try and trade away henry and capitalize while you can and I also feel like you're just inside that window now for the likes of Dalvin Cook. I think he's down to his last three years, probably, mm-hmm. of um, elite production. So, you know, maybe you hold him for one and then trade him, but that could be two years, you know. Um, so, again, it, you got to look at some of those RBs. Just look at the usage and just look at history because history does tend to repeat itself. Um for that reason uh, so then you've all I mean Jonathan Taylor I think we're all high on him Marlon Mack's back what are your thoughts on Marlon Mack for for this year because he was a firm favourite of Frank Reich before the injury I'm I'm not a fan you know he, he's not great pass catcher he's not a great between the tackles runner so you know he's just an average back and you've got Jonathan Taylor there now who's Who's the main guy, you know, electric running back. And then Naheem Hines, who seems to be like the, the pass catching, who can also kind of run between the tackles. You know, he was really good last year for a, for, for a long period. So I think he's the number two. And Marlon Mack is the third guy there now. Yeah. Mo? Um, I agree. 
I think I'm in the same boat as uh, Chiggs on that one. I'm uh, in plus coming back from a major injury. It's um, and 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 you have a young, faster running back who can do it all in front of you. Um, I, honestly, I don't see I don't see much there. No, understood. Uh, I mean, Jordan Wilkins is still around, but doesn't hold much more than handcuff when Mack and sort of Taylor out. I can't see him passing Marlon Mack. He's had three seasons and he's not ever really shown that consistency for me. Uh, then we get to the to the wide receivers. I mean, we've discussed Michael Pittman. We've got T.Y. Hilton. We've got Paris Campbell. Uh, you've also then got a few sort of others. You've got J.J. Nelson, who I think was at the Cardinals. Zach Pascal, who I kind of like as a bit of a best ball player. He's had some uh, he's had some decent games um, in the past. Nobody really else of note that I'm seeing. I mean, Darius Fountain, he came with a little bit of hype, but has not done anything. Chad Williams came in with a bit of hype when he joined the Cardinals. Again, not really not really done um not really done anything so um for redraft let's say ppr chigs how would you rank just the, th- the three be- between Pittman, campbell and hilton redraft will be taking michael Pittman one harris campbell two and ty hilton three that- that's based on full ppr okay and mo I agree with Pittman, number one. I'm going to go Hilton, number two. Uh, yeah. And then Campbell, number three. Campbell just hasn't shown he can stay on the field yet in his two seasons, and that's my worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can I can actually see Hilton having a productive... You know, he's still a leader there. He's a respected figure. Um, and he might still be the X in that system. So um, I do think Hilton's a bit of a sleeper. Um, you know, he, could end up as a mid sort of wide receiver too. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in that sort of 16 to 20 range. Or, But you're getting him as probably even in redraft, like wide receiver 40 or something. You know, So I think Hilton's got great uh, sleeper value personally. Pittman showed good strides last year. And uh, I do like the talent there. I uh, do like the talent there a lot. So, so. Um, again, um, the Colts have one of the easiest wide receiver start to schedule they're playing against. So, I mean, expect these guys to put up some numbers, I think. Who do you think is going to get uh, number one coverage? Hilton or Campbell? Uh, sorry, or Pittman? Oh, I'm thinking Hilton still. That's why mm. I think Pittman will succeed. Yeah, I, I think so too. That's why I'd have Pittman first, probably. But... I don't think it's a big, big gap between them. Anyone else you've got any interest in, either for season-long or dynasty or even uh, for um, uh, best ball? No. No. <laughs> uh, okay, and then we get to the tight ends. Um, not, not really anyone to write home about. I mean, they've bought Jordan Thomas in, who was at... Uh, Houston, I believe. You've got Mo Ali Cox, a favorite of ours. Jack Doyle. Uh, they've drafted uh, Kylan Granson. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this tight end group? Any, anyone, you, <laughs> anyone you might want for dynasty purposes? Ah, 
I'm kind of staying away. Um, honestly, I think they're still one of the teams that are in talks to get Ertz. So um, uh, the, the salary is a little tough there for their for their salary cap there. The hit yeah. that I would take, but um, I, I think they're going to be. Uh, uh, they're going. They're, I think they're going to be in the running for uh, for a, a tight end during the season for a trade or next season for sure. So I'm I'm really not touching the tight end department. I think. I think Doyle and Mo Ali Cox would do okay, but I don't see any of them standing out there and becoming like a top tier tight end or someone you can reliably start every week. Yeah. Can you see the Colts winning the division? Do you think they've got enough about them? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think so. I mean, uh, the major competition is Tennessee, but I think, um, I mean, I, I, st- I think Tennessee still wins it, but. Um, uh, I mean, I, I can I can definitely see them giving a run for their money, and um, worst case, I mean, I think they, they I think they have a solid chance to be a wild card. Yeah, I was just looking at who I think could make the wild card this year. You'd expect at least two teams from the AFC North, so winner and one wild card, and you'd probably expect two from here from the AFC East, be it the Dolphins or the Patriots. But you're right, it is quite open. Um, Otherwise, yeah. Chargers, Chargers should be good this year. They've got Derwin James back as well, but then new coaching regime, so that always takes a while. Um, okay, next up we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, obviously, they've uh, drafted uh, number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, um, as a QB. How well do you think Lawrence can fare this year? Oh, that's a uh, that's that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna be bullish. I think they've done a good job. They, uh, I think them actually taking uh, uh, the Clemson running back there, ETN. I think um, will make them feel comfortable right there, being you know, behind the line. I'm not sure how strong their line is. Uh, that's one thing I kind of worry about. Uh, but I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence did did struggle there in college as well. I mean, you know, when he when he went up against a tough offense there, a tough defensive line. Um, I mean, he but he can make those plays on the move. So uh, let's let's, uh, let's see how the line can protect him. On the, on, as per weapons wise, I think he's got decent ones. I mean, I really can't complain except for tight end, which again is a rookie's best. Uh, <laughs> you got Tebow there, I guess, but uh, <laughs> a rookie QB's best friend is a tight end, and that's that's one thing I kind of kind of kind of worry about. I, I think he'll do okay. Again, in a redraft league, he's not a guy I would draft. Um, I think dynasty. I mean, you have you have to have him. I, I think he'll do well there eventually uh, once they start building around him. Yeah. And I think one thing people are actually forgetting is their defense is still pretty good. You know, they've got a good linebacker group with uh, Josh Allen, Joe Schobert, Miles Jack, uh, last year's pick, Clavon Chason. Then they added some players in free uh, free agency, right? So they added uh, Shaq Griffin, um, Trey Herndon, I believe they um, added this year as well. So they've added a uh, Rayshon Jenkins, who was the uh, safety last year at uh, the Rams. Uh, so they've added a few players in free agency and actually uh, strengthened that. So I'm liking I'm liking how uh, Owen Meyer is sort of going about it so far. Uh, running backs then. Here's where it can get oh. a little bit uh, messy. Uh, so you've obviously got Travis Etienne, first rounder from this year. You've got James Robinson, who was a standout rookie last season Carlos Hyde who's being talked about getting snaps 
Um, I mean, Raquel Armstead was finally let go. He was on the COVID protocol twice. I think he's at the Giants now. Uh, then you've got the likes of Ozigbo and Ogunbowale who may chip in here or there. But what are your thoughts on... Let's start with James Robinson. How are you feeling for James Robinson this year and uh, for your redraft leagues? Jigs. Um, I still think he's going to have value, but I think they're all going to cannibalise each other a bit. So... You know, he obviously had an amazing, amazing season last year for a guy you picked up off off waivers and stuff, or you know, in your fifth round of rookie drafts if you took a punt on him. But I think you you, you should still, I think he'll still give you kind of low end running back two numbers, maybe high end running back three. But I think his upside's definitely capped there with Etienne, and I think Etienne will end up winning that job ultimately, but whether, again, he's he's going to be a three-down back, I'm not so sure. Yeah, and just even reading about what, what's happening in training camp, I mean, he's getting a lot, lot of buzz as a receiver. So I can see Etienne almost unquestionably having the high snap count out of those guys, but will he always play behind the line of scrimmage? That's the question. Um, so I, I can see him being moved around a little bit and um, utilized quite a lot. I'm actually quite quite bullish on ETN, even in redrafts this year. And mm-hmm. uh, especially in PPR, I think he's going to get a lot of short work um, for them. Mo, what are your thoughts on that running back group? Uh, I, th- I, th- yeah, I think um, I think Robinson's going to do well. I think he's, he's going to start off as the, as, as the bell cow there, I believe. Except, like you said, for the third round, um, sorry, third down um, uh, when you know you want a receiving back. However, let's see how he does in protection schemes. I mean, I've heard great reports of him how he's been doing, you know, offensively. Um, let's see what he does. You know, when the pads come on during training camp and you actually have to protect the QB on a third down, and that stuff gets interesting. I think on a, I mean, I actually, again, I think I think Robinson will do well this year. Um, he is capped with ETN there, and I can see ETN, you know, kind of kind of taking maybe maybe a fifty fifty. Take 50-50 touches on, like, maybe towards the end of the year. Um, in best ball, I actually like them both, honestly. You know, when it comes to redraft, I'm still drafting Robinson ahead of ETN. Because uh, yeah. I, I can I can kind of see ETN being one of those players that people will drop. Because I don't think he's gonna, you're going to see the production from him early on. And then, um, and then you know, one, again, one of those players that, you know, just kind of picks up later in the season. Kind of like what Chubb did. Or, you know, you have injuries. Um, and uh, you can probably be able to pick him up later later in the season. And uh, Dynasty, yeah, you know, you, I think everyone knows long term, I think ETN will be the, probably the future there, especially with this relationship he has with uh, the QB there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the way I would say it. Okay. And then receivers, I mean, they've got a really, really big receiver group. I'm guessing a lot of these guys will be let go. But the key sort of names, you've obviously got DJ Chark, who's um, been fairly good over the last couple of seasons. You've got a player who's getting um, a lot, a lot of buzz in camp, which is LaVisca Chenault. Um, and he actually ended the season really well. I, th- I think Chenault's got great sleeper value at the moment. Someone you can probably get fairly late in your redraft leagues. Uh, I, I really like, and especially for best ball, when you got that sort of um, speed. But then hey, you've you, got you, 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 you stiped me. You stiped me on Chenault. He, I was eyeing him for a, long, for a couple of rounds before you took him too. 
No, I don't think I did take him, did I? It wasn't you. I thought it was you for some reason. Huh. No, I've got a few players like that. I took DJ Chark, but I took a few sort of those players like Jalen Waddle, Mikol Hardman. I've got um, Kadarius Tony. Those sort of uh, pacey players who could easily, you know, just off the back of a few catches, get you um, some big points. But no, I, I think I think Shenholt's going to have a good season if he can just stay on the field. But you've also got Marvin Jones, of course, um, who, you know, has a really good career with the Lions. Similar sort of uh, makeup, you know, speedster, down the field threat, but it's got good arms. Um, a lot of touchdowns on contested catches in his career uh, when he's being sort of double teamed in the red zone. Uh, and then sort of slightly sort of lesser known players. Uh, I mean, Colin Johnson's there from last year, Trey Quinn, who was once upon a time. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. They've let a lot of players go. So the likes of Keelan Cole have gone. Uh, is D.D. Westbrook still there? Can't see his name. So maybe... Uh, no, I don't believe so. Yeah, so you know, maybe he's gone. So I think the big three, you're probably talking Chark. You're talking Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel. There's obviously Dorsett, who, I mean, the Patriots signed as a potential wide receiver one. Um, so let's let's start with the big three. Chark, LaVisca, and Jones. How do you feel about those guys for best ball and redraft before we talk Dynasty? Ah, I like them all three. Uh, I would actually rank them, as just like you said, um, uh, Chark, uh, and then Chenault, and then um, uh, Jones. Uh, but again, I, I, it's honestly this division. Uh, you're going to have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. I mean, uh, I think uh, you'd be throwing the ball quite a bit as well. I mean, the defense is good, but I mean, I think I think I think with all these defenses here that you're playing against, I think they're going to be. Um, I think there's going to be room to take advantage of. Uh, you know, I mean, just just being a young team, you're going to be behind, uh, and I think you're going to you're you're going to have to throw ball. And I think I think they're going to they're going they're going to try to try to learn uh, try to get um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, basically learn just throw him in the fire and just kind of you know just do what he does. And um, uh, he, you know, he's 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 a great he's a great passer. Yeah, Chiggs, what are your thoughts on this receiving group? Um, yeah, pretty much echo exactly what you just said. I think DJ Chark for me is a guy that um, has got that sort of wide receiver one upside. If uh, if Trevor Lawrence hits, so he's a really nice kind of. Um, you know, she's a really good, valuable dynasty receiver. Marvin Jones is someone I absolutely love in best ball, you know, as he's seen what he what he's done previously. And he doesn't need a lot of targets um, and has the capability for scoring multiple touchdowns in a game. And um, LaVisca Chanel, he's saying getting a lot of buzz in camp and, you know, a bit of the can do it all, you know. Um, reminds me a bit of like a Debo Samuel kind of in how they sort of use him, right, in sort of creative kind of ways. Um, you know, and he, and he looked good in, in sort of when he was on the field last year. So, you know, hopefully second year he kind of takes another step forward. That whole offense just gets better with Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you get to the tight ends. Where <laughs> one player is getting a lot of buzz, not necessarily for camp, but that's Tim Tebow. Uh, Mo, you've got a couple of your old favorites in James O'Shaughnessy and Josh Oliver. Uh, they brought in uh, Chris Manhurts as well, drafted Luke Farrell. Um, 
tight end group then, Mo. What are your thoughts on that tight oh, end group? Oh, just stay away. Just stay away. <laughs> I, I, I think in Dynasty, I'm still holding Josh Oliver, but he's just been injured every year. Year after year, he's just been injured. Um, and uh, and just lack of uh, lack of time on the field. Um, yeah, I'm just stay away. I wouldn't be drafting a tight end or even looking at a tight end on this on this roster. But uh, we've said sometimes a rookie's favorite target is a tight end. That is true, but so... um, I guess Team Tebow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he should be the guy. Him or Manhurt. Manhurt's a great blocking tight end. I think Man- I can see Manhurts being uh, always on the field more as a blocker. They might do two two tight end sets, maybe having a receiving tight end. But I can see Manhurts. I think they're going to try to try to get that run going. So I think Manhurts is going to win the starting tight end position, in my opinion. Uh, but he's not a receiving tight end. So, Jigs, any tight ends that you you like? Yeah, I mean, Josh Oliver's maybe one. I have a stash in Dynasty just for the potential upside, but yeah, I don't, I don't see Tebow as being a a viable tight end. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, last but not least, well, last but probably least, uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, <laughs> can you see any other team but the Texans getting the number one pick next season? Oh, oh wait, actually, just one correction. I, Josh Oliver is no longer with the. I think oh, he's three the Ravens. Yeah, it just hit me when you said that. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, I was looking at an outdated, uh, outdated list here. So, uh, Texans, do you see anybody else but the Texans? <laughs> Run for the hills again. <laughs> They'll find a way of messing that up as well, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, like like the Jets did this year. Number, <laughs> number one all season. Um, so, Deshaun Watson, do we think he'll play this year? Not in a Texans uniform. Mm. I, I think he will. I, I don't know when, but I think, you know, he's the kind of guy you're taking late on in um, in redrafts and stuff, you know, in best ball leagues, what have you, because if he's back for the final six games of the season or whatever it is, you know, and that's if he's suspended at all. Um, yeah, I don't, so... so there is one stat that I did read or one news thing that came out that a uh, news article that said, uh, this case, the, the first, the first, I think first, um, first time they're gonna be court is gonna be after the season's over, so I don't think they're gonna go into court till next year, like in January, February. So, so, oh, no. correct. So, I mean, I think it's also, I think they've also purposely pushed it back. They're gonna try to negotiate. I think both sides have. So, um, the only way he doesn't play, and I, I don't think a suspension will be laid out, um, unless that that the court, the the, the legal proceedings are done there on the civil side. So I'm thinking, if only the only way he doesn't play is if he's put in the commissioner's exempt list. So that would be my that would be the only you know uh, that would be the only thing that prevents him from playing. Uh, outside of that, I think I mean I think he um, he should play. The question is whether Texans hold him and whether he wants to actually play for the Texans. Was where yeah. was the chat? He he wants to go to Denver, right? No. Yep, and that's what I'm hoping for. I think he goes to Denver. That team, I think Denver's automatically a payoff team for one, and he's got weapons there. That would be the dream if you're a Deshaun Watson owner. Is a, is a Denver or even a Las Vegas uh, Raiders uh, 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 landing spot. But let's see. I mean, they can do a trade. But that would be what, great. What's the uh, what's the massage situation like in uh, in Denver? 
<laughs> that's a question. I, I know in Vegas it's a free for all, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a Broncos fan, you feel you're just a quarterback away from being a really good team there. But, but I uh, guess outside of outside of Watson, I mean, I kind of like Tyrell Taylor as a late, late in, um, uh, not in redraft, but in Dynasty, you can use him. Uh, and I think even best ball for that matter. I mean, he might, you know, I think the team's always coming behind. He's going to get garbage points. He's going to, he's going to get garbage points with his legs as well. I think he's yeah. not a bad pickup. Yeah, I agree. I think he's actually worth rostering, particularly in Superflex, because um, they're, they're just going to be behind and he's going to, and he's experienced. He's not like, you know, second year player who's going to be airing it and throwing blindly. He's still an experienced player. So yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, I can't see him being uh, top 24 QB, but as you say, bye weeks and uh, strength of schedule and stuff, he could have a decent matchup. Uh, that's worth honing in on. Running back situations really, really messy there. Um, I mean, as if having David Johnson uh, wasn't hard enough. They've added Rex Burkhead. They've added Philip Lindsay. They've added Mark Ingram. They've added CJ <laughs> Procise. It's just a mess. Chiggs, um, you traded away David Johnson. Is he? Is he still somebody you want in a season-long league? Would you be... Happy with him as your RB2 if you've got not, star not really. receivers? Not really, to be honest. I just don't think he, um, standing that offense is going to be any good. So, you know, it's not as if you're going to get a lot of touchdown upside. It's not as if he's like the David Johnson of three, four years ago, you know, where he was, um, you know, I think he was on course for 2,000 yards. Um, yeah. overall season, right? Like, you just, I just don't see enough kind of upside there, you know. Maybe as a a flex by a bi week flex, you know, just for running back depth, just because, but even then, it's not as if he's the only guy there as well, because now they've got Lindsay Burkhead and Mark Ingram. It's just, yeah, it's just a fantasy wasteland for me. If you think running backs is a fantasy wasteland, uh, look look at their receivers. Uh, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, Kiki Kuti still there. As a Colter still there. They've added Alec Eric, Alex Erickson, who was at the Bengals. Um, Dante Moncrief, uh, Chris Moore, <laughs> Andre Roberts, Taiwan Taylor. It's just, is there anyone you want outside of Cooks and? How comfortable are you feeling if Cooks is like your wide receiver too? And you can hope for garbage points. Uh, uh, but yeah, Cooks is the only guy I would have there. And um, uh, everywhere, I think the balls is going to be spread among, among everyone. I don't, I don't see anyone really standing out. Kiki Kuti is always an intriguing player for me if he ever gets on the field. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think wide receiver too, I wouldn't be very upset having cooks just because i think the garbage value is there yeah i agree with you i think from a dynasty perspective you know you, you've got to be looking at what they're going to be in you know hopefully two three years down the line once they get you know, a you think well they should have been in rebuild mode and when they traded um deandre hopkins and you know it's just obviously we talked about terrible trading but you're hoping you're going to sort of pick up some of these assets on the cheap now for that upswing. And so the guy I would like is Nico Collins. Yeah. 
think I like I like his talent. Um, I think you know if he could hopefully be their number one guy for for years to come. So you know you're almost taking a a long term view of sort of stashing him on your bench kind of thing. To I just don't think he has the um, speed for a, an alpha. He's a big bodied guy. I can see him being a red zone guy. I just can't see him being their wide receiver one. Um, it, it it just doesn't have the pedigree for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think their I think their wide receiver one of the future is in college at the moment. Um, personally, because you know Cooks, as you say, even if they have two good years of rebuilding, he's then twenty nine thirty. He's got a history of concussions, so you know you can't necessarily see it being him. A lot of these other guys are kind of nobodies. So yeah. It's, Nico Collins, I, I, I think he's, he's made to be like that big-bodied, redstone kind of guy, but he just doesn't carry the speed or the hands um, to be your receiver one person. He's worth having in dynasty formats, that said. Um, I know I was targeting him in the drafts, but yeah, just, you know, he, does, he didn't have a stellar career at Michigan or anything, and when did they draft him? Like the fifth or something? So, you know, it's not like he came with draft pedigree um, mm-hmm. either Titans then um, I swear Texans must just have one of the biggest rosters in football <laughs> with all the players nobody wants but um, <laughs> uh, Paul I mean, yeah exactly Paul you've got Jordan Akins Pharaoh Brown Ryan Izzo Brevin Jordan uh, Kahale Waring Paul Questenberry um, any of these tight ends you guys like for um, for this season? Uh, I, I like to know who's actually going to start. Just, I mean, just 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 to get a gauge of who you would, would be intrigued in, see yeah. who actually is is going to be on the field. So yeah, I'm kind of staying so for, away. For dynasty, I'm actually pretty high on Brevin Jordan. Um, yeah. I don't know if the new coaching regime are going to utilize tight end, but he was actually pretty good um, at Miami as a pass catcher. For tight ends, um, the, the only thing I, I didn't like about him is his size. He's he's, he's much smaller uh, for tight end wise. Uh, just just kind of you know usually got you know usually tight end you have like a six five uh, or taller. Um, and he, he's he's more of a six is it six two six three I think six three. Yeah, no, you're right. He's undersized as tight ends go. Um, that that was my only that was my only um, uh, issue with him. Like you know in our rookie drafts, it's like I, he was one guy I actually looked at. He put up great numbers in Miami, but I don't know if that's going to translate well in the NFL just because of the size. Now, he, they may move him to wide receiver or something, so you never know. No, I agree. I, I, that, that's why I think if he's going to be used, it's going to be more in a pass-catching role and less so as a, um, a blocking tight end. Yeah, sure. He has that kind of his, And he's coming to the league young. He's like 20, I think. So, I mean, I picked him up in best ball just purely for speculation i'm not expecting him to be in my team in any given week but again never know with these tight ends you know sometimes they just get that red zone work and they get that slot work um and um but yeah jordan akins has been in the league for what three or four years he's never done anything is uh wasn't he at the patriots did mm-hmm. nothing patriots so kahale warring's been around for a couple of years and done nothing so yeah um well, the thing with Warren is he's been injured, so he's a guy that, like, again, a deep dash hope for some upside. You know, I think he was taken in the third round a couple of years ago, and 
injuries and stuff like that. But again, it's a pure dart throw. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. I'd agree. So uh, that was the uh, AFC South. So we'll be back next week. We'll do um, another one of the divisions. Um, any any players you think think we've covered that could hold some sleeper value for you for this season? Mo, sleeper value, huh? Um, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a really big fan of uh, Paris Campbell. I think he's um he's got some solid upside in Chenault. I go with Chenault. I mean, out of the obvious ones, going with Chenault and uh, Camp. Uh, sorry, not Paris Campbell. Um, uh, Pittman, Pittman and um uh, Chenault were my two. Okay. And Chiggs? Um, I'm not sure he's necessarily a sleeper, but I think, you know, his upside's there and he's shown it before. But DJ Shark, I think, could have a, a breakout year. Um, Michael Pittman, I expect to make that step up in year two. Um, and then for a real kind of, I wouldn't say under the radar, but, you know, dynasty, sleeper, you know, the kind of guys that I like with upside is Davis Mills. The, the Texans, yeah. He's um he's a kind oh, yeah. of stash on your roster and hope that you know they're going to suck so much that they'll throw him in to see what they've got and he um he can call, you know holds on to the job. Yep, not a bad shot at all. Okay, so that was the AFC South. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, and um, have a good rest of the week. That's uh, me signing out. Mo, giddy up, <laughs> and cheeks. See you, folks.